0: Things are more emotional and bring families closer together than the sport of football, the athleticism, the brute force, the close wins, and the heartbreaking losses. No team has nurtured that family bond better than the Green Bay Packers, and no place resembles that true football spirit better than the frozen tundra. Many people say you don't become a Packer fan. You're born that way. You are bleed green and gold now here are your hosts father and son mike and sean reagan with the bleeding green and gold podcast welcome
1: to week three edition of bleeding green and gold i'm mike i'm sean and the packers win an offensive juggernaut in tampa bay
2: oh yeah i mean to 12 (laughs) anytime you get two hall of fame quarterbacks together you know it's going to be a shootout (laughs) (laughs)
1: Wow. And it was a warm day. Um, The defense held the bucks off in the last seconds Mm -hmm. uh, where they broke up Tom Brady pass to try and get a two point conversion on their only touchdown to try and tie the game. And like I said, it was a really warm day. It was like the temperatures are 90 degrees plus yeah 90 degrees and then i think with humidity
2: the real field was like 98 99 i think the field itself was over 100 Mm -hmm. um, and you know that humidity kills you when you're doing anything physical Um,
1: and it was odd that we won because i you know to not (laughs) see odd not to see anybody we had one player right that went down with cramps but other than that
2: i think um Lazard was on the sideline after his touchdown catch. He went on the sideline and threw up, and then they they were kind of over there tending to him for a while, but he came back in. So it is a very rare Florida win for the pack. Yeah, all that humidity with the the hurricane coming in. Anyone listening in the Florida area or had to evacuate, we wish you all the best. Um, We're recording Wednesday afternoon, and it looks like it's just starting to really get going and hitting some areas let's see if i can show you a picture here i got of this is an audio medium i am showing
1: you can you see that kind of it doesn't look good no i mean i gotta I pay a little bit for a weather app because i'm kind of a geek that way but <clears throat> excuse me but boy it looks bad it looks, mm-hmm. it looks huge
2: so it um, does but this I don't know about you. We didn't watch this game together. This felt like a long game, especially the second half. Like nice. I would have, I would have said this felt like a four to five hour game if I didn't have a like a watch. Yeah, <laughs> it was just tough, kind of tough to watch a little bit. I mean,
1: all the hype building up. You got these two quarterbacks coming together, and the way it started out. I mean, um, Tampa Bay got the ball. They came down. Yeah. And we stopped them, so they had to kick a field goal. But, boy, they, they look like it. We get
2: the ball back, and then we mm-hmm. go right down and score. Yeah, first two drives that the Packers had, we started out on fire. It, it was like, okay, you know, all we've, we've heard about, we're down with a lot of receivers. They're one of, if not the best defense in the league. But look at us. We're driving the ball. We're scoring touchdowns. And then it stopped. Oh, man, did it ever. Uh, it, it It was...
1: Anyway, let's talk about something and- good before we get to the bad. Um, how about uh, <laughs> Romeo? Is it Dubs or Dubs? Dubs, Dubs. Okay, because it's D O U B S, so I do not know mm-hmm. if they. <clears throat> Everyone I hear saying it, um, says Dubs. So- well, he made, um, Dubs made him the uh, first non-Devante Adams receiver to record eight receptions in a single game for the Packers since 2018. And, and it's really rare for a rookie. It's uh, only two players in NFL history. Steve Largent, you might have heard of him, or Marquise Colston, have recorded as many receptions, yards, and touchdowns as Dubs in their first three games after
2: being drafted in the fourth round or later. So he's really stepping in. He, he is. And he, I mean, listening to Matt LaFleur talk about him, he seems to really love the guy, and Rodgers yeah. seems very high on him. And- mm-hmm. The announcers in this game, um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but they were talking about uh, him a lot during the game, saying, you know, he'll get a chance to get some real playing time. What a value that is. Uh, kind of. It, it was almost like being in the Matrix, listening to the announcers this game, but <laughs> there was a few times it's like, did they go back to the last page on the script they're repeating almost word for word what they just said a little bit ago here yeah um it happened when they were talking about rotating um Bakhtiari in and out um on the game talked about it a couple times and like said the same verbiage Mm -hmm. the second time as well and then um also talking again about uh Romeo Dubs getting so much playing time and why that's beneficial they're saying that later and I'm like and they they're sure using the same language and the same like exact points right. that they were using when they were talking about this earlier. It's like they ran out a script or something. And
1: what wh- was i didn't I didn't recognize the play by play guy. The color commentator is the former tight end, right? I can't remember his name. Greg Olson. yeah. I, I think Greg does a really good job. The only thing mm-hmm. um your mom and I were talking about with Greg. Greg likes to use football terminology that people behind the curtain know. And so he'll throw out these acronyms and certain words. And it's like I didn't notice you know, that. And that's where um your your play by play guy needs to say kind of like let's yeah. say you go um uh point after P A T. And then he goes, and then the play by play guy should say point after. And um and then or if he doesn't know, he says, so what does that stand for? So then the
2: play by play guy is like connecting with the listener and the viewer. That might be a sign of Greg Olson being young in his commentating career as well, not realizing how to play to a general audience. But I think otherwise he, he does a great job. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say one thing to touch on here. We talked about going down twice and scoring. We did drive down the field again that next drive. Um, six plays, 60 yards. And then we had that nice angle route by Aaron Jones catching it running to the goal line and then getting hit in the back and fumbling. Yes. And then changes changes every, everything. And it seems like that's kind of a nar- narrative in the Matt LaFleur era. When one thing goes wrong, when one big turnover happens, the momentum goes away and we're never able to find a way to get it back. Yeah. He kind of talked
1: about that at one of his press conferences and that Did he? Um, he just kind of like, he said, you know, you, you're kind of pulling your your hair out and he said, but, um, especially I think in that second half, I think Tampa Bay made some real adjustments.
2: They did. They uh, started blitzing less, less, dropping mm-hmm. more in coverage. And yeah, I, you got to hand it to them. They are a good defense. But that means that Lafleur, it's just been a knock against
1: him <laughs> that he doesn't, he doesn't adjust real well mm-hmm. or, or dra- dramatically. So he gets in this, this is the game plan. We're not going to veer off of it too much. But, but to talk about, um, bad stuff on the offense. I mean, like you brought up that that uh, fumble at the goal line by Aaron, and that uh, Aaron Jones, that was not uh, not the best, but he did take a heck of a hit in the back to, to mm-hmm. have it done. Um through this is from Sports Illustrated. Through 3 games, the Packers are 27th with 16.0 points per game. Green Bay misfired on eight consecutive third downs in this game. And all of them were manageable,
2: which that's what we are traditionally known for is converting those third downs. But uh, I mean, in the pregame, when I turned it on, they were talking about the Buccaneers struggling on third down. And then we saw it. I mean, they did as well a little bit in this game. Um, See if I can find it. They were two for 11 on third down. That is not good. They did not turn around that narrative, Um, but good for our defense. And Packers were six for 15 on third down. So, you, yeah, you got to improve there. And don't you always miss when we, when we struggle on third downs in the game? Don't, isn't that when you go, man, I wonder what Donald Driver's doing or I wonder what Jordy's doing? Because <laughs> those guys did not drop it on third I down, know. especially I Driver. Know. He always seemed to be able to either like, find a way to get open in the zone or make that contested catch and get down for the first down
1: you bring up his name driver and then first thing i i get the image of him smiling that beautiful smile that That he big old
2: smile yeah (laughs) that's
1: awesome hey on a plus side for the offense it was great to see baktari get some snaps out there
2: yeah yeah and um apparently everyone in the world in the football world knew that he'd be rotated out when he was gone after the first drive they're like oh well of course this is what we knew would happen we knew uh This was coming. Well, this hasn't happened with a tackle or a guard for any team in the last like 10 years. So I don't know if this is something everyone seemed to know. And the halftime people said, as we knew, you know, they were going to rotate back well, let's do some reporting. That's your job, you know, (laughs) grow some cojones and let people know beforehand. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was kind of weird. Some weird announcing moments, like I mentioned uh i wasn't real fond of the play-by-play guy no um, no and
1: and um, you know not to pick on the way people look but he looked like but. he was a um, nothing a, before the a, word a cartoon counts. character from like the the 60s or
2: 50s you know like one of those um creepy looking things but yeah anyway uh, um looking at rogers 27 of 35 255 yards two touchdowns and one interception You have a hard time knocking him too much on the interception. That was a really nice defensive play with that like kind of safety robber role where he came down and he jumped the pass. Um, Mm -hmm. Even on the replay, it was hard to see him coming. So it's hard to blame Rodgers on that one. Well, do you remember his
1: his look after he threw it? Rodgers? Uh-uh. Like he's standing there with his his arms out, just confused. Oh, yeah. He was very confused. Like, how was there a defender
2: there all of a sudden? <laughs> right. Yeah, I do remember right. where, that. Where'd they drop him in from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they they showed the stat in the game that the Buccaneers just have a way of kind of manufacturing interceptions against Rodgers like no one else seems to be able to on a consistent basis. So I think this is the first game we've had against him in a while where it was only one interception. Uh, Tom Brady didn't do a ton um, as in Tom Brady standards, 31 of 42, 271 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he was sacked three times and kind of the first big sack game of the year for Kenny Clark. He's been, I'd say he's still been playing very well through the first two games as well, but he's been so double teamed. He hasn't really had a chance. He got through twice in this game. And then Rashawn Gary got the other.
1: Yeah, that was great to see getting pressure on him. Um, mm-hmm. defense. Um, let's see, I got it, I got a thing here. Defense played really good. Um, but Tampa Bay is missing several key players, so it's hard to know you know how much of it was them hurting or our defense playing so good. But from what I could see,
2: uh there were some really mm-hmm. good um good moments. And they, they have decent backups in the receiving game. It's not like they were without anyone. They have Russell Gage, who was kind of a stud at Atlanta. Um, this was kind of a breakout game for him. Uh, he looked good. He did have that fumble that really killed them. After we gave up the fumble, we were able to get it back on another fumble. So that's always nice to get one back after we lose it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but yeah, they, they still have some talent in that receiving core. Brady has... I'd say a whole career of making the most out of kind of a mediocre receiving core in new England there. Um, Brashad Perriman still looked good. This game Uh, Cole Beasley came in. They signed him like a day or two before the game. Right. Got first down early on, ended up with three receptions for 12 yards. (laughs) That was, that was kind of surprising. Um, As far as run defense, this game, we locked it down way better than we had you know, we looked better last week, but we're, um, still not great. Like we gave up a lot of running yards, but we were ahead in the game. So that's kind of, well, if they're going to run, there's going to be some openings because we're mm-hmm. playing the pass. Um, but we got hurt against Minnesota before that as well. So it was nice to come in and we held, uh, for net to 35 yards on 12 carries and just kind of really shut the whole thing down, but we didn't do a ton ourselves In the run game. No, Um, Aaron Jones and Dylan, they split carries 12 carries each 36 yards for Jones 32 for Dylan. So kind kind of a quiet one.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they, they talk so much about the, uh, the dual back, what do they call it? The pony or something that they're going to have both backs in there at the same time. Yeah. And, and, and teams have figured out that 99% of the time they're going to hand it off. They're not going to throw it. So then they just play it as a run and and mm-hmm. so it's not working. We need to mix up the plays
2: a little bit more. I think, although I think it was, um, when we had them both in there, we had Aaron Jones go on motion, fake the handoff to Dylan. And then that's when he zipped that one in there to Cobb for the 42 yard catch and run, um, so it worked there. Fun to see Cobb every time he gets a pretty big play this year. It seems like he knows he's in the twilight years of his career. And so yep. when he gets a good play, he is just pumped up. He gets up doing the <laughs> oh, And like just happy to be there. I was um, surprised. He only had two targets. Two targets. Yeah. 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 He uh, makes the most of them, but he hasn't been like targeted a ton in any of the games. That was another thing the announcers kind of repeated a couple times, uh, talking about, uh, Oh shoot. I lost it. Cause I'm trying to get the pigs ready. I forgot to do that before the okay, game. Came. You
1: do, uh, you do that. And I'll All right. run All right. down the receiving, um, our rookie, uh, Romeo dubs eight reception, mm-hmm. 73 yards, just over nine yards a catch and a touchdown. I mean, it's, he's, he's looking steadily. Uh, Randall Cobb, like we said, two uh, targets, two catches for 57 yards is his average because uh, he had that 40 yard long one. It was uh, 28 and a half yards. I um, Blizzard, four receptions, six targets, 45 yards, and one touchdown. And Tanyan had six receptions for 37. Tyler Davis had a couple. Aaron Jones had three. Dylan had two. So it was at, in total, it was, <clears throat> ah, forgive me, folks. I'm uh, still struggling with post-COVID stuff. Um, we had 27 receptions for 255 yards and uh, two touchdowns. The average is 9.4 per catch. Tampa mm-hmm. Bay had 31 receptions, 271 yards and
2: 8.7 per, and one touchdown so at the end of the game. Yes. And the, the point I was going to make there is one of the things the announcers repeated, kind of word for word, was their point about Matt LaFleur not being able to scheme too much around the two running back set with both Aaron Jones and Dylan out there. Because uh, one, you don't want to overuse them. Two, if one of them goes down to injury, all of a sudden, if too much of your offense runs around that scheme, what are you going to do? And per that point that they made, we now have uh, AJ Dillon limited practice with a knee injury on the injury report. Mm. Uh, and I mean, that is part of going in with two running backs on the roster. And then yeah. if you need a yeah. third guy or someone to fill in, you're calling them up off the practice squad. Yeah, which they just did. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, let's see, fumbles, we had
1: uh, two of them. Aaron Jones, we talked about. Romeo had a fumble, uh, didn't lose it. But, um,
2: yeah, so, and then good play Tampa- on that one though, bef- before he lost it on the tackle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Tampa Bay had three
1: fumbles and two lost. So, kind of a weird game.
0: Oh, um, it was,
2: it was not kind of, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on on the defense here is Devondre Campbell once again flying around 14 tackles, eight of them solo. Looked great. Uh, just fun to see him out there. Uh, Quay Walker, I thought, had another good game. Not quite as many plays being made, but when he had a tackle to make, the guy went down. Well,
1: <laughs> he, isn't he, he knows the one?
2: Him. Wonderful tackling all around on the team this game.
1: Yes, I agree. It's quite a 180 from previous game. It was. Um, Quay Walker, wasn't he the one that run... um? <sighs> Wasn't it a Chicago game where he ran down the quarterback and stopped him from scoring at the goal line? I believe, I believe that was. He um, he's really. I think he's going to be something special. He really I mean so too. He's going to be. I mean, you look at week one, he played sixty-one percent of the snaps. Week two, he played seventy-eight, and then with Tampa Bay, he played eighty-five percent. You don't put the guy in there more and more and more if he's not doing well.
2: And he's fast. I agree. agree. Um, One other guy who's shown in this game was Razul Douglas. He had eight tackles. Um, But one thing I wanted to highlight is that through the year so far, so first three games, he has been on 89 coverage snaps, only allowed 12 targets, has seven stops in the passing game, um, which leads all cornerbacks in the league. Hmm. Seven stops. In the passing game, when you've only been targeted 12, it's in insane. That's over half the targets. And mm. because of this, he is now, um, coverage-wise, the third best-rated uh cornerback in the league at the moment this year. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. He, he had that huge breakout year last year, earned himself a nice contract, and it, it just seems like he, he's keeping it going. So that's fun to see. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A couple other notables, we talked about Kenny Clark getting some action in the sack game. Um, A couple of them. Yep. Rashawn Gary got a sack as well. He's still looking good. Adrian Amos, um, you know, we talked about, I think in the preseason episode, Amos being a good kind of consistent coverage, safety, things like that. Darnell Savage is a guy that's going to come down to the line, make some plays more. But we've mm -hmm. been seeing Adrian Amos, Making plays at the line, big tackles, um, blowing up some screens a lot so far this year. He had a couple more, like really nice plays. And then the last person I wanted to really highlight on the defense is uh, Kishan Nixon, who came in for Jair Alexander, who got injured with a groin pull. Mm-hmm. And I don't know much about Nixon, um, but he came in and he looked really good. Yes, and he did. He, he made some plays, he forced a fumble. Um, mm-hmm. And he also, right after forcing that fumble, downed it at the one yard line on a punt. Mm-hmm. So nice to see, you know, some depth back there and seeing him look good.
1: Yeah, since you're uh, talking about special teams, uh, they were special this this game. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard, but uh, our punter Pat O'Donnell
2: won the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. I did hear that. When's uh, the last time a Packers punter got that? <sighs> couldn't tell you I, I I did see it today I and of course it's my brain's like a sieve um I was a little bummed we moved on from Bohorkas and the boho blast because I'm like you know he's not the best in the league but he's the best we've had in quite a while at the punting game but I know they they went away from him because he had so, so many issues in the holding and that's yes. apparently what some of our kicking issues were last year his time yeah. but man did we seem to improve and Rich Basaccia seems to really be turning this unit around quickly. Yeah, it sure is. O'Donnell had
1: five of his seven punts inside the 20 yard line. And mm-hmm. um, in fact, uh, all five ended up inside the 15 yard line. And that one you talked about, I think it was on the two yard line um, that they stopped it. But um, net average was 44.7, forced three fair catches. His longest punt, 63 total of 339 yards Mm -hmm. and the buccaneers average starting field position following a punt on all seven
2: punts was 13 yard line nice and rudy ford you also have to highlight on those punts as one of the gunners he was down there quickly getting past his guy um and really forced a lot of fair catches downing it things like that he looked really good i hope he continues to shine and he's got a lot of speed there I agree. And, and and he looks like he's just having a ball out there and mm-hmm. uh, gosh, he's fast. Tough, I agree. Tough guy. We, we did in special teams. We had that weird. Um, we talked about it briefly texting after the game that uh, they were punting out of their end zone. You know, we got it, got a decent return to, I think their 35 yard line would have been a really nice field position. Mm-hmm. And they called a running into the kicker when it was Which pretty a, obvious. He was locked into a in bad him. call. They threw uh, him into the punter. Yes. Oh, that was frustrating, but yes, it happens. I don't blame that one on the special teams. A couple of weird calls all around this game. And uh, non-calls too. And non-calls. I, I, I just, so I didn't look. Go ahead. I, I just wish if you're going to be ticky-tacky,
1: be ticky-tacky 100%. If you're going to be letting the boys play, and then let them play. I don't like this. Well, it's the third quarter. I'm going
2: to change up. You know, it's the inconsistent strike zone from the ump. (laughs) Uh, Nothing more frustrating. Did 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 you remember what you're going to say? Yeah, I was I was going to say um, you were talking about non calls. I didn't. So I'll be honest. I didn't watch so much when we were on defense. If this was happening for the Bucks as well, but when the Packers were on defense. There was so much holding uh-huh. happening at the line and nothing called. And yeah. we didn't really get any called against us on the line either. So I don't know. Maybe they were doing the same. I didn't see if we were holding much and it wasn't being called. But man, I I proposed a few years ago, if you remember on the podcast, get rid of holding at the line. Let them hold <laughs> that if, if you want to, you know, get rid of these ticky tack plays where one where it could be a hold on almost every play, and then you choose one kind of pivotal play and it ruins the whole thing. It's so frustrating. Give it to them, let them hold, make no, it part I mean, of the game. There were two <laughs> plays that,
1: um, and that I purposely backed up so I could watch it over. And one of them in particular, I can't remember who the defensive lineman was. The um, they went to go a different way because I think the running back bounced. And so they went to move and the defensive lineman had him by the back of his pads. He's holding him from the behind yeah. and they didn't call it. And then the other one, I remember they um, you could see this, the, the jersey stretching out as he's trying to pull away. And we're not going to call that. There was
2: one with Kenny Clark where they had two guys like bear hugging him, and <laughs> didn't call it. So, hey, I, I don't know. But if you're going to do that, you got to make it a thing at the beginning of the game and right. be consistent. Um <clears throat> are you done with the defense? Did you have anything else you want to
1: uh, I done with the special teams? Yeah,
2: yeah, I think so. Um okay. nothing did, more.
1: Did you uh, so much on offense, defense or special teams? See that Clay Matthews announced his retirement from the NFL's now I official. did. I did. And he was a the Packers didn't bring him back. He wanted to retire. And it, I, I would have
2: been happy with that. Yeah. Clay was a good Packer. What was his last team? Uh, the Rams, I believe. Was he on the Rams? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. End of an era. I like Clay. Yeah. Too bad, I did too, but... too bad to see him go. Um, but... One other thing I wanted to mention about the game is have you heard the kind of drama around that last play? So low, low scoring game, you know, we're holding them to seven points almost through the whole thing um, or three points. Was it six? Yeah, sorry. So they're six points going in the fourth quarter. They go down, get a touchdown right at the end of things. They need a two-point conversion. Um, and one note on that two-point conversion is so the play before when they get the touchdown, they almost get a delay a game, barely mm-hmm. get the ball off. Yep. Then on the two point conversion, they get a they also run out of time. They get the delay of game. Brady's mad. He's you know, you can hear the mic catch that he's yelling at the sideline. You should have called a timeout. Well, they're out of timeouts. And part of that is because Rodgers was trying to get the free play with 12 men on the field earlier and forcing the bucks to use their timeout and burn it. So that really came in big. Um, We may not have gotten the free play for Rodgers, but forcing them to use that timeout came in huge. Have you heard the drama around that two point conversion that they did not get? I don't know. I wish Aaron would just keep quiet. (laughs) Nice. So, Well, thank you. Uh, so for the listeners, um, Rodgers came out after the game and said that he saw something on the Jumbotron that he relayed to the coaches that really helped him on that last play. And then uh, the Bucks coach and everything said they had to evaluate, you know, going forward with the organization, what would be allowed on the Jumbotron. And so from what I've heard is they had an over-the-shoulder shot of Tom Brady, where his tablet was in there with the play sketched up for their long two point conversion. Cause it got backed up and that does explain why we were glued to them mm-hmm. on that play. Not only were we glued to the receivers, but Devondre Campbell got in between the pass and the receiver and man, can he jump? Cause he Jesus, got up there to criminy. tip that thing. He got a high, he could be yeah. a basketball player easily. Um, but yeah, that's what a funny way to have that last two yes. point conversion go. That such such a modern day football era issue to have the well, jumbotron like, giving right, away the
1: right. play. You know, the electronics did you in, but um, it was like as soon as Brady got that ball with two minutes, I'm like, on uh oh, man, here we go. And mm-hmm. um, and he goes right down the field, they score, and, and then Sean told you all about the uh, the two point conversion, but. I was nervous the whole game. You know, we couldn't get, we couldn't pull away. And, I know, me too. And you know, we are playing Brady, and so mm-hmm. it's just like you, it's not like he faked everything he did. The guy is very, very good. But yes, they are. Who they knows? are struggling
2: offensively this year. So they are. It's interesting to see. Um, I saw uh, I saw a joke online after the game that it was like. Rodgers and Brady, when they met in the middle of the field, it was them making a bet. Whoever loses this game has to call their family. Yeah, I so saw that. Was <laughs> um, let's
1: see. Let's take a look at some of the um, um, the injuries. Uh, it's still yes. early in the week. Like Sean said, it is Wednesday. But, um, but that
2: is the day they released the first official report before the game. So today, nobody
1: was out besides um Jenkins and I think that's just more of a um he's an older guy and so Do you getting...
2: think so I didn't realize um I didn't know if that was a a re-injury from during the game that he's not practicing with his knee or if that's them being cautious and putting them on there well I i actually saw two reports one of them said that that um
1: they're they're concerned about the knee a little bit and the other one said they're just going to give him a rest because you know being a a veteran player but uh otherwise limited participation was alexander with his groin bactari with his knee he's, like i said good to see him back out there mm-hmm. um dylan with his knee um uh, garvin with a hip injury um jones uh he's sick It
2: he must have something going around in that locker room
1: well uh, he's the
2: one caleb jones he's the one that called off the practice squad to make sure he didn't get poached and he went directly to not able to play and he's been out with an illness for a couple of weeks now and you said you thought they were gaming the system I mean maybe that's what they're doing oh it must be something going around the locker
1: room must be. um Lazard's got an ankle issue and Mercedes Lewis it's got a groin and Watson with his hamstring but yeah it, it's good to see limited participation limited practice for Christian Watson maybe he'll be back for this game that would be great and, I and do for the, I'm Not going to go through everybody on the New England side, but their quarterback,
2: Mac Jones, as they're saying, most likely will not play. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. He was screaming, um, Mm. trying to step on it, so on his ankle. So it looks, it did not look good. They also have uh, Jacoby Myers with a knee injury, one of their main wide receivers, but he's probably going to play from what I've heard. Uh, one thing to touch on with Christian Watson. So I know he hasn't made a huge impact in the receiving game um, so far, just in the first few games as a rookie. And we we got to see Romeo Dubs really step up and have a, a very debut performance for him as a rookie mm-hmm. in his absence. But I do think we missed that speed threat of Christian Watson. We're like kind of what we got with Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Last year, where even okay. if he's not going to be catching a ton of balls, he still takes the top off the defense mm-hmm. and he has that speed to kill type thing where they have to respect the deep ball and it just opens up so much of the field. I think with Al Christian Watson there, you could see the Buccaneers kind of close in and they're like, all right, 10 yards back from the line of scrimmage is all we're really going to focus on in the past game. And that's all. I think that's part of where our struggles came from. Rogers did not seem willing to go deep much with the young guys out there. Um, we had one decently long pass play to, uh, to Alan Lazard, which was pretty good. But other than that, we didn't really have much that went deep. That was only 26 yards Cobb's 40 yarder was a catch and run. Um, so even if Watson's not going to be out there, you know, getting a hundreds plus yard games, just having them out, him out there with the speed downfield, but also the jet sweeps to make them constantly worried about that I think is a big deal to get him back.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Just looking at uh, the standings and you got Miami on top in the AFC East 3 and 0 and then you've got uh Weird to see that Where are they? Oh, Philadelphia 3 mm-hmm. and 0 on top of the NFC East, which used to be the NFC least and now it's uh, it's not anymore. It's really picking up that division, but we play both of these uh teams that are now um uh, they have not lost a game at at their home. They're mm-hmm. on the road for both of those games. So I know we got a ways to go yet, but I just thought that was interesting. That uh, they uh, boy, Dolphins really, I, I, they are looking good this year.
2: They are. They And are. you predicted
1: uh, the Eagles the
2: off season that they were going to be a tough team. Mm-hmm. So. Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, looks like he's really coming into his own in his second year. He's a stud
1: mm-hmm
2: um it's, it's they're a fun team to watch um i think we play them don't we yeah i think we play each nfc east team this year we uh um, yep and that's we gonna play, be a uh, tough game that offense looks isn't very isn't the giants we play them in london is that the london game yeah i think so okay think so. yeah the eagles game will be tough um but did you see the dolphins game at all with tua getting hurt he slammed his head into the turf on a hit went out not. he got up went back to the huddle and he ended up stumbling and almost falling over and so then they took him out to evaluate him in the locker room and came back and said actually it wasn't a head injury it was his back and he's completely fine <laughs> and then he had kind of an on and off game after that and it's like, oh man i hope they're not gaming it. they're risking any kind of head injury um, but you, you never know it, it is weird to see them at the top so far yeah. early in the season but the dolphins have not been world beaters much to this point so <laughs> interesting to see well name also not the um
1: they they every team stretches the gray area um but they've been known over the years to be a little more more so i guess
2: oh yeah i mean they got pretty heavily fined for trying to throw games and mm-hmm. doing some other kind of shady things. So, yeah, no, they definitely and they never do. been able to. Um, I think the owner's Ross, something wrong. I
1: don't know. I um, think you're right. But he uh, they couldn't prove beyond a doubt that he was tampering on trying to get Brady to come to Miami. Um, mm. And uh, so. But anyway, uh, do you want to go
2: through the picks? Do you want to go through some scores uh, before we do that? Let's. Let's jump into a quick game ball. How about that? Now, it's time for the
1: game ball.
2: All right. This was a tough one for me. I'm going to give you my runner up first. It was Kenny Clark getting his two sacks. But instead, we are switching to the other side of the ball. Congratulations, your first ever game ball. Breakout performance. Rookie, Romeo. Romeo. Dubs. (laughs) He averaged. Congratulations, Romeo. (laughs) Depth of target of just three yards. We're talking about those short passing plays from Rodgers this game. And sure enough, that's what we saw from Dubs. Depth of target of three yards, but still created 49 yards after the catch and caught all eight of his targets from Rodgers. That's how you gain trust with Rodgers. You don't drop the ball.
1: I, uh, I was going between uh, that and O'Donnell, the, the punter. Mm-hmm. And, um, he had he had such a great game. But, but uh, fun stuff, man. It's, fun uh, stuff. it's always great to win. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it was nice to go to warm weather, whether it's Florida or California,
2: we don't typically play well,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: to pull one out so it was nice and you never know what's going to happen in those crazy heat games because even the Miami game uh, I think it was Miami and Bills right yeah Dolphins beat the Bills yep, yep. which crazy that they were able to do that even though they really did they, they had like 20 less plays than the Dolphins way less yards things like that but they came out with the win and that's what matters but you had players leaving that game um, you know puking cramping getting IVs they're leaving the field for what they were calling heat sickness. So Mm -hmm. then you go to the um, game in Tampa Bay with the Packers, and they're talking about it being 10 degrees warmer than that game. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be horrible. I know. But it wasn't too bad, it didn't seem.
1: Yeah, it's scary stuff. You know, um, Viking fans know um, Corey Stringer, uh, years ago, he he died during um, preseason. They were um, training, training camp. And, um, so it's, 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 that's heat is real, man. It's and you gotta, it's not like there's, they're out there in their shorts at a t-shirt either. You know, they get wearing helmets, they got full pads. Um, so anyway, um, all right, first, uh, do you want to, Yeah. where are we in the standings, so, not, so, not considering
2: today's what we're, we're we not considering today's we yeah. went into this last week, Sean, everyone's favorite son up by one. Okay. All Um, right. And we'll go through them here. And once again, as a reminder to the fans, we are doing primetime games as well this year. So we started out with Thursday night Steelers at Browns. Mike took the Steelers. Sean took the Browns and the Browns take it home. Hmm. Then we go Lions at Vikings. Um, We both (laughs) took the Lions in this one. I almost took the Vikings if you remember, and I should have gone with that gut feeling because the Vikings came home with it. Oh, they 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 eked it out at the end. They did. It was some big time plays by cousins at the end. Um almost felt bad for the Lions. You're like, man, it can't be another year of them losing all these games just like this at the end, but maybe it you. will be. Who knows? But yeah, the, um, and there was I don't know if you did you watch the Viking game? Uh I think I watched red zone. That was a noon game, right? Okay. Because there
1: was a, I, I don't know if it, I can't remember exactly. There was such weird play towards the end um, of the game. And I was like, well, there's the Viking fans excuse for not, not winning the game, but um, <laughs> they ended up pulling it out. 28, 24
2: Texans at bears. I took the Texans. You took the bears, the bears take it home running the ball. Once again, David Montgomery going down, but Khalil Herbert stepping up. And Packers at Bucks. We both took the pack, and we know how that one ended. 49ers mm-hmm. at Broncos. We both took the 49ers. The Broncos take it home in a weird and ugly win. 11 was to 10. Another Second time offensive in the- juggernaut. <laughs> yes. Second time in the history of the NFL to get an 11 to 10 score. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> And then Cowboys at Giants Monday night. We both took the Cowboys, thinking the Giants would get their first loss of the season, and the Giants get their first loss of the season. We're both correct. I don't Cooper know. Rush continues to move forward. If the uh, if
1: the listener feels the same way, but I feel like I'm listening to 1960s reporting.
2: You gotta add some music in the background for me. <laughs> Da, yeah, da, da. Exactly. Or remember the old NFL
1: films where they that almost like classical gladiator
2: type music. And it was just that so grainy dramatic. footage that, that seemed like they might have even made a little more grainy than it was actually. And then the,
1: the <laughs> announcers, the Green Bay Packers of the National Football
2: League coming out on the frozen tundra. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: Lombardi in his t-shirt at 30
2: below. <laughs> <laughs> so we differed on two games. I took the Browns beating the Steelers. You took the Bears being the Texans. That means we go into this next week. Still, once again, Sean up by one. Keeping it close. Keeping it close. That's It'll be interesting like here. It. Is there yeah. any other games you wanted to talk about? Uh, let me go back. I just switched over to Week Four. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiders and uh, Devontae Adams receiving yes. core are zero and three. Yeah, he's he's starting to
1: chirp a little bit. Oh, he's not is real he? happy about this. Yeah, uh, one game that that uh, surprised me was the Colts over the Chiefs, twenty to seventeen. Yeah, that was kind of a weird game too. It it is a weird game. It was a weird game. That that. Uh dolphins bills game that came mm-hmm. down to the last
2: second. Um, where the uh the bills couldn't connect. Yeah, they them. stopped them on a two-point conversion. Interesting. When uh Bengals get their first win of the season against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Felt like they really needed that after going to the Super Bowl. They've looked kind of rough. Um they so, have, yeah. So they, they maybe that turns it around for them. Uh Ravens, Lamar, Jackson. Continues to look like just a powerhouse um, in Baltimore. They beat the Patriots 37, 26 and they take out Mac Jones in the process who we play next week. Um, You talked about the Eagles looking good. They ran past the commanders long time rivalry, short term name combination. (laughs) It's weird to see commanders in that rivalry. I know it's weird. Um, the Falcons
1: over the Seahawks. So they're both one and two. And we saw Pete Carroll on uh, on Sunday. Um, we, uh, the family, <laughs> the six of us got together at a, a little cafe down the road from where we live or up the road where Sean lives. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very good food. But the, the guy who was seating everybody, I'm thinking he was either the owner, the manager, whatever. He looked so much like Pete Carroll. He had the glasses. He wore his glasses the same way. And he was like type A plus
2: plus personality like Pete. That might be why they dropped his game to the Falcons. It took him, he had to rush after his shift to get to the stadium. <laughs> it's, uh, Pete
1: Carroll is one of those people that I think um, the um, reporters love him. Because he's always talking and, and he'll talk forever as long as you, you listen. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at and I go to uh, profootballtalk.com and, and and you see like a Matt LaFleur excerpt it's just like maybe a paragraph a couple sentences Pete Carroll's like pages
2: <laughs> Yeah, he loves his job. You get, you get that feeling. Yeah. Like he was I, born for this. All right, are you ready to move on? <clears throat> week 4 picks? I am. I am. We got we have uh, Thursday night games. we got the Dolphins Against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Hard to bet against the Dolphins with this one, so I'm going Miami. Okay, I'll go with Miami as well. All right. Vikings. Be a big win for the for the Bengals in more ways than that we're... would be a huge win for them. Yeah. We got our. Is this the first London game? I think. Yes. Sunday morning, we got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the London Saints.
1: The London
2: Saints. Well, it says they're the home team. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I uh I this one I'm I'm kind of up in the air on because it's not Monday night football but it's still kind of a it's primetime. Yep.
2: And if, so I'm going to go yeah. with the
1: Saints because you got All Kirk <laughs> cousins who doesn't like primetime
2: games. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's it's like he I don't know. Like, maybe he doesn't like his dad watching and he doesn't play well, but his dad cheers for a different (laughs) team out where Kirk grew up. So when he knows his dad can't watch his favorite team and he's watching him, he plays horrible. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? But But Yeah, it is prime time, so we'll see. Um, I'll go Vikings. Uh, I think think Kirk can do it in London. It, It won't be the same as Monday night for him. Seahawks at Lions. This could be a fun game. I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going with the Lions as well. I, I like the way they're playing. I have not been too impressed with the Seahawks offense at all this year. And I think also Lions at home, it's hard to bet against them in this game. Yep, I agree. Bears at Giants. The two New and York one Giants. football Giants. Two and one Bears against two and one Giants. I. Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to? Uh, if you got a feeling on this one, you go first.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Giants are gonna bounce back against the Bears. Ooh, spicy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe not. I don't even know what the betting line is on that one. That'd be interesting to see who's the favorite. Um, I'll take the Bears. I, okay. I like the Bears in that one. I, I think, I think they'll do well. Chiefs at Buccaneers Sunday night. Interesting um, game.
1: That's a that game might actually be played here in Minnesota, at uh, Oh really? US Bank Stadium. I did because, not know that
2: was the backup plan.
1: Yeah, they just announced it today. They uh, because of the hurricane um, in that area, and they have to wait. I think they have until Friday where they have to make a decision. I can't imagine the logistical nightmare of having to uh, to change everything up, and you got to get all the equipment and everything. Um, up to Minnesota, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so you kind of lose the home field advantage. Yeah, then, yeah, that's why they do neutral like that. So, and our uh, your sister, my daughter, her boyfriend Arrow is a Kansas City fan, and so I texted her and said, "Keep an eye out because I'm thinking tickets won't be that expensive. I don't think they're going to fill up the stadium for that game." And you know
2: them; they'll they'll go on a whim. Yep, they will. (laughs) They would have gone if it was in Tampa, possibly. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chiefs and Buccaneers. I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm also going Chiefs on that one. I I think that'll be hard to to slow down that offense. Um, Buccaneers have a good, very, very good defense. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is hard to slow down. And I don't know how much they can do to answer back with that decimated receiving core that they have.
1: Yeah, and I know the Chiefs Chiefs want to get that ball
2: rolling again. So Chiefs are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite only. Really?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: Going back real quick, uh, Giants were a three-point favorite against the Bears. Okay. That's basically playing at home. And Um, our last pick is Rams at 49ers. We're second to last pick, right? No, last pick. We didn't do the Packer game, did we?
1: Oh, shoot. I forgot one. <laughs> so let's do the the Monday get Monday night game. Rams at 49ers. And this is a this one's a tough one. This is a tough one. What's the spread on this
2: one? You got it? Yeah, I can uh I can pull it up real quick. I just minimized the app. Uh Rams at 49ers. The 49ers are a one and a half point favorite. So, so pretty much a pick with them being at home. Maybe even leaning towards the Rams.
1: Um, 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 um.
2: What do you get a pick? I'm going L.A. Rams. The Cooper okay, Cups. I'll pick, I'll pick the 49ers. All right. I'm going with the Cups. Cooper Cups. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And then and we the got Packers <laughs> hosts of all games to forget on the picks. right? <laughs> I was just going to casually bring it up. And then you go, <laughs> and last. Well, I even thought, so I even thought after running through and writing down the picks we need to do, I'm like, all right, make sure I got all the NFC North teams. Yep. Okay. We're good. <laughs> I got right. the pack Patriots. One and two
1: come to Lambo. green Bay is two and one. And I also go with the Packers. Um, for many reasons, and including, I don't
2: think their uh, their starting quarterback is going to be there. So Packers are a ten point favorite in this one. Okay, and I, I so, up I saw it was nine and a half. So. Okay, so they should win it, but you never know with Belichick; he always has right. some tricks up his sleeve. Yeah, I, hey, um, uh, I think it's uh, Brian Hoyer is their backup quarterback. You're, Mac you're absolutely quarterback. right. Yep. Um, and he's been with them for years. Um, he's been in the league for years.
1: Yeah, he has. But did you see that uh, the reporters are trying to get more out of um, who's their, who's their quarterback, the Patriots? That's hurt. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. They're, they're trying to ask you, um, any updates on uh, Matt. No, just take it day by day. And, but uh, do we have any new updates on uh, the condition? Uh, just taking it day by day. <laughs> And and then they and then they they kept it up
2: and finally he goes Do
1: I look like a doctor? Do you think I took the MRI?
2: <laughs> I did see uh um no yeah. ligament tears or anything major showed up on the X-ray, but they thought maybe it was something that they couldn't really see on there because of how much pain he was in. Okay. Um, but speaking of day by day, real quick, I did want to mention. I just saw before we started recording that. Lefleur is saying Jair Alexander, with his groin injury, is day to day and will not be a long term. Oh, injury. that's great to hear. That's mm-hmm. really good to hear. All right, my friend. I think uh, I think we've covered it all. I, I think we have. So I I'm in the up by one in the picks, and let's see. We have one, two, three games we differ. So it should look different after this week. Yeah, better. <laughs> all right fun to get a win fun to beat brady oh yes yes
1: yeah i uh i was like i said i was nervous that whole game and just mm-hmm. just couldn't pull away
2: exactly all but right we beat brady now we're gonna beat belichick weird to have to do it on separate weeks but <laughs> until next week go go pack pack go go last week was
0: so good we should just recorded that and dropped it in thank you for listening to the bleeding green and gold podcast with your hosts sean and mike reagan make sure to subscribe and check out the website at bleedinggreenandgold.com join the facebook group all questions and comments are welcome send them to feedback at bleedinggreenandgold.com and until next time go pack go